This is a book that includes the line, it is a bright sunny morning as I leave my flat and head out across the river to meet with Boris. My new trainers squeaked annoyingly, backpacks slung across my shoulders. I was embarking upon a new phase in my life, and the new phase isn't the last year in this, high school. This reads like the book that gets published where like the promising but died too young freshman at Yale has rich parents and gets the book, the memoir published, and it's just mm. like, wow, what could have been? But this is the former foreign secretary? She, she was culture secretary. Culture secretary. Yeah. I can never keep it straight. Uh, Culture's foreign. Weirdly. We never used to have that in Britain. <laughs> this is, well, actually, like, on this point, this, is, this does give me the vibe of, like, a very bad YA novel. In the sense yes. that, like, here is, like, this bright-eyed, uh, innocent, um, you know, mm. woman who was, just wants to do good in the world. And she meets this, you know... Uh, well, she meets this oafish man who's slightly charming, but <laughs> the also has, ma- the has, has every woman wants. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, and he was like slighted by his enemies, and so this book is a mm. way of getting justice for him. Yeah, it's like an opera in a lot of ways. I was going to say it's like twi- but I, it's not really twi- I don't know what kind of Fifty Shades of Sue Gray. Uh, <laughs> she- Look, you bought tickets to this. <laughs> you just listened to Riley do an AI voice of himself. <laughs> for two minutes and that really was written by chat GPT that's how yeah. little work we put into this show you swine so well, strangely that- her, her having been culture secretary does bleed through in a few moments because she was in charge of the online safety bill and she was in charge of Twitter and so she's picked up little words here and there she earnestly says that to the 2019 intake of Tory MPs Twitter and these are her words is triggering she says multiple times that the Tory, the Tory left is gaslighting Boris. <laughs> no, no. I feel like Boris is a man who could just not be gaslit. Like, definitionally, mm. you cannot gaslight that man. I mean, he sort of gaslights himself over the course of the book. But also, what gets me about this is the idea, I mean, I realize the thesis is maybe a little more nuanced, but the, mm. maybe a little. No. Not. That, that Boris failed. Boris Johnson failed as prime minister no, because no, he of he did conspiracy. everything right. He got all the big calls right. Well, he can only be failed. Yeah. It's, just, it's just one of those, it's like, if you were a conspirator in the, the woke Illuminati or mm. whoever Nadine mm. Dorries' Bete Noir is here, I feel like the best occupation of your time to bring down Boris Johnson is to go down the pub and just sit because that man <laughs> will find a way to whip out his enormous preapic dick and mm. step on it numerous times in the span of one <laughs> oh, day. Yeah. Like, Nadine, oh. they're gaslighting me. They, they keep telling me that, ta- that whiff-waff is called table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody not. So, so she starts getting mysterious texts, and she says of one of her first sources, the MI6 building winked in the sunlight at me, which... Im- imagine being on the MI6 Boris detail, first of all. Um, so either it's, an, it's a YA novel or she's on mushrooms and doesn't know yeah, it. Horny yeah. MI6. People start texting her to be like, you've got to tell the truth about this. And essentially this like stack of anonymous informants who talk exactly <laughs> like Nadine Doris. <laughs> you've got to tell the truth about this. The NHS staff actually were cheered and greatly energized by that boat whipping shitties in the middle of the river exactly. and honking its horn exactly. for some reason. Can I just ask a question before you go yeah, into that? Yeah, of course. Is there, is there a situation, is there, are there any parts of his book where she basically implies that she can fix him? It's, I would say, strongly implied. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so she gets... Wasn't for like the cabal of enemies, she could have like turned him into like a prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a YA novel, it's a YA it, it, it is, it absolutely is. So she goes to see this mysterious source, this like MI6 building winking source, whom she, code, <laughs> she codenames Diver Girl. After, after a bit... 
in the opening of You Only Live Twice. Every anonymous source subsequently is also given a Bond codename, and I am doubly tortured as host of a podcast about James Bond. <laughs> so she goes to meet with this woman in a pub. Immediately, everyone in the pub that she's going to secretly, secretly goes, holy shit, is that Nadine Doris? So she, she blows it. She's like the sexiest woman in the whole cabinet. <laughs> and she's yeah, here in this it's pub YA. with us? It's YA. It's fully YA. Mm. And she goes, okay, listen, all of the Boris uh, like defense lines are true. He got all the big calls right. Uh, Partygate was a stitch up. You got to write about it. Uh, and she says, <laughs> but no one will speak to me, I wailed feebly. I'm, I'm not Tim Shipman. <laughs> 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 I'm a dinghy at best. <laughs> it, it will be hopeless. I like to write historical and romantic novels. So does Tim Shipman about Keir Starmer and someone who's not his wife. <laughs> we will never ever read those. I sounded pathetic. Don't look for obstacles, Diver Girl said. You can go back to writing your cozy Catherine Cookson-esque novels afterwards. Which, you've heard her writing style, this is a bit fucking generous. And I've heard of convenient, but your first anonymous source's first thing is to blurb your fucking books? Strains maybe the limits of credulity a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, she, she sort of sets up to uncover, in her words, the Gordian knot leading me to people and events that, uh, that interlinked and draped across Westminster and Number 10 like a ghostly spider's web. Once again, the mm. metaphors, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the, the spider's web that a ghost would make. And the th- uh, Jacob Marley bracket <laughs> spider, you know? And so, spider Marley. Yes. <laughs> so the thing is... Spider right? Bob Cratchit is a lot less worried about Tiny Tim. He has like a thousand children and his wife's <laughs> going to give birth again in a month. That's all right. He'll eat tiny Tim. He doesn't give a fuck. So, so to defend Nadine Doris, which I don't like to do, she is a Tory MP. She was in cabinet a bit, right? This is an inside, like ringside seat in exactly how Boris was brought down, right? There is a genuine mystery here. The problem is the detective who arrives is genuinely the dumbest person I've ever read. It's, it's like Poirot with a massive head injury. Oh, it's Captain Hastings. <laughs> this is a woman who, in interviewing one of these anonymous sources, accidentally sits too close to a fireplace and burns her leg. <clears throat> and then includes that detail in her own narrative. <laughs> She's honest. Yes. Yeah, well, this is it. There's this combination of stupidity and shamelessness that mm. I almost respect, right? Mm. Almost. So she goes to see Boris. And because of the Bond thing, this chapter is titled Boris Battling Against Odd Job. Who's Odd Job? Now that is a man who's had some odd jobs in his time. (laughs) But who is Odd Job in this? Doesn't say. Gove, maybe? I don't know. Uh, But so. Rishi Sunak, because he's short and so is Odd Job? Yeah, it never actually says. Um, who wears a hat a lot in the Tory? Yeah. Uh, Jacob (laughs) Rees-Mogg. Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah. 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 No, she she likes Rees-Mogg because he was nice to her at Cabinet. Oh, okay. Um, but so she goes to see him, and half of the book fully is interviews with anonymous sources who agree with everything she says, and half of it, or like 49.9%, is interviews with Boris. And every single time, Boris tries it on with her with one of those like illusions, one of those like classical education things he likes to do, where he's like, oh, you know, this reminds me of a poem, you know, Braver Man Than I, Gunkadin, or whatever, right? Mm. And she never gets it. 
And every time, because of the shamelessness, she never she mentions that she doesn't get it. She goes to see she goes to see Boris, right? This is a little bit of spoilers, but whatever. I can see it now, said Boris. The plot was always to get Rishi in. I just couldn't see it at the time. It's like this Manchurian candidate, their stooge. Mm. I looked quizzical. <laughs> <laughs> What is the Manchurian <laughs> candidate? <laughs> you remember the film. He laughed. I tried to look as though I knew what he was talking about. Like the, the, the two remaining of Nadine Doris's brain cells, like frantically Googling <laughs> stuff and going like... Probably some kind of Chinese man. <laughs> Do a Chinese voice. That will probably be in keeping. Coming out of the meeting with the false misapprehension that Rishi Sunak is Chinese. I also, I mean, like, look, I can empathize with not understanding the allusions to the classics. Sure. Oh, I'm just mm. not, no relation to my day job on a podcast called Trash Future <laughs> as a guy with a, a great education from the state of Indiana. But I'm kind of, all right, so the Manchurian Candidate thing, there was a remake of that in like the 2000s. She's mm. unaware of that. Didn't, as, didn't see it, I guess. No. So. <laughs> she, it was called the Manchurian Candidate. Well, she, the yeah, way, the way right. she finishes this is she says, we both laughed. I didn't know what I was laughing at. <laughs> She's just like me. She's, he, he was in a it's very, like really relatable. Yeah, he was in a very happy frame of mind. <laughs> it's the trash future experience. Nadine, can I just say, you're looking like, um, you're looking like the pass at Thermopylae this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I bet you could get 300 blokes in there, but it's still pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> so... So her first, like... And she's like, thank you for the compliment, <laughs> Prime Minister. <laughs> Doing a Chinese bow as much yeah. as she can. <laughs> the yeah. first strand of the Gordian knot, right, she suspects, mm. is Michael Gove and Dominic Cummings working together because they're all a bit sinister, which leads to this. Boris threw his head back when I described Cummings' as odd job to Gove's goldfinger. That's God. Okay, so Cummings. Yeah. Cummings' is odd job. And laughed out loud. Goldfinger, he blows it out. <laughs> <laughs> Goldfinger. I laughed too, slightly peeved that I hadn't thought of the joke myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! If only I thought of Goldfinger. <laughs> stupid, stupid. He's got the wife, the wife with the horny column. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, this reads like you said, somebody who was on deadline and started their manuscript mm. immediately after being hit by a bus. <laughs> and on the other hand, there's a part of me that feels like if one of us ever wrote a tell-all memoir, it would read mostly like this. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which is terrifying in a way to be confronted with your own future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's coming out next year, by the way. Uh, mm. <laughs> Pre-orders up so like soon. Yeah, 